This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! What's up, good people? Welcome to the preview for this week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Appreciate you joining us and missing this uh, bummer of a game here on Thursday night. This Steelers-Browns game, which I know is not as fun as what this show will be because we've got a lot in store. Uh, before we start, you know, we our, uh, our like audio podcast has kind of been our bread and butter, but we've been doing this video podcast now, and we're just planning on doing it live every single time. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Uh, come and see us there. Uh, make sure you catch us every time because we'll go live uh, for these previews. We'll go live after the games when we can. So go catch us. Go subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate you guys. And if you're listening, make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get your podcast as well. I am Garrett. Jamie here. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming in. And uh, we've got a lot of fun things. We are going to talk about this preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Jamie and I brought a lot of clips of things to watch. Um, a lot of uh, uh, both on defense and offense. So we've got a lot to uh, go over here, Jamie. And so, uh, how, first of all, how you feeling? Before I'm I get all that good. out, feeling good. Getting ready good. to start a new job. Ready to do the preview. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. Good. Ready for that money tree to finally, finally work for you. <laughs> yes. Very ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <Smart> yeah. <laughs> Everybody loved that last time. Your comment about the money tree. I was just they helping did. you out. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I was <laughs> All right. So, uh, fabuloso. Congratulations, Jamie, on the new job. Uh, congratulations for joining us. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, um, Bob. Appreciate it. Yep. And so, uh, let's just, uh, let's, let's hit it, man. Um, we got, hey, Craig, what's up? Uh, let's just, let's hit this, uh, this uh, Jags game. Uh, like the Chargers, Jags are one and one. Uh, they're heading into L.A. where Trevor Lawrence is 0-9 on the road. Uh, lost one earlier in game one against the Commanders. And so he comes to L.A. Uh, with a winless record so far on the road. And uh, let's let's talk about Trevor Lawrence and how you're feeling about him and kind of what you saw while watching these uh, two games. Because Jamie and I both watched the Commanders game in week one and then the uh, Colts game in week two. Isn't it weird calling them the Commanders, by the way? It is. It was hard. So I almost, Yeah, I almost called them the R word. <laughs> um, <laughs> the good not the bad one obviously but the name that they're not anymore <laughs> um, yeah you know when, i think when you talk about trevor lawrence um i think he's been kind of up and down the first two weeks he's definitely made some good plays i think doug peterson has done a good job of putting him in a position to they've created matchups for him to hit and they've generally hit on those matchups when they've when they've uh forced them i think uh he's made some good throws He's made a lot of bad throws. Hasn't I don't think he's turned the ball over yet, but he's been close a few times with some pretty erratic throws at times. So I think I he think, threw a pick in uh, against the Commanders. Did he? Yeah, I must have overlooked that one. I'll I'll show you. I got it. Okay, I'll show perfect. you in a sec. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I I think he's what you would expect from a second year starter in a new system. Uh, he's kind of feeling his way in the new system, trying to get a feel for all these new weapons because they added. I think three new wide receivers and a new tight end uh, to the system, to the offense um, in the last off season. So lots of new faces, uh, lots of new skill sets to get used to. And I think, you know, what you see is he doesn't like pressure a whole lot. Doesn't like to be hit a whole lot. 
I think if you can get pressure in his face, you don't even necessarily have to bring him down. You can just if you can constrict the pocket and make him feel trapped and not give him kind of side exits uh, by over rushing and, and rushing too far past the pocket. I think you got a good chance to make him uncomfortable and force some mistakes. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he's easily rattled, uh, which has kind of been the script on him so far uh, in his career. He um, it seemed like a lot of his big plays were coming a little bit off script when you got him rolling out of the pocket. Um, he he was able to make a big play, which uh, I I don't know if you pulled a clip or not, but um, he, he was able to make a big play to Kirk uh, in that Colts game, rolling out when everything broke down in the middle. He was able to roll out of the pocket, buy some time, uh, throw it downfield. Uh, he had somebody open. He had um, Agnew open downfield in the pocket and missed him because there was too much pressure. It was kind of closing in on him. And then he had that dump off TD to Christian Kirk uh, against the Colts where he's rolling out. So I think when you script him to roll out and he's got space, he's good when he's in that pocket and you can just kind of confine him and keep him trapped. I think that's when he makes the most of his mistakes. Um, and that's something that the chargers are going to need to capitalize on it. Um, I know that I'm, Almost positive command. I got a clip of the commanders uh, getting an interception, but the Colts dropped two give me interceptions that hit him right in the tummies, and they couldn't bring it down. Right, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't. And they couldn't bring it down. And um, the Chargers are going to have to make it count. They did against Derek Carr. They couldn't make it count against Mahomes, but uh, this week they're going to have to. Trevor Lawrence is a bottom five quarterback in the NFL when he is under pressure. He had a sub 30 passer rating last week and they demolished the Colts, but when under pressure, he was sub 30 problem was the Colts just could not get pressure. They got it early, um, but they just could not do it consistently. So, the commanders had three players with over five pressures. Lawrence got frustrated most of that game. So it's get to Lawrence. Uh, don't let him outside the pocket. And it's going to be a really, really long day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I was going to play a clip here and I'll find it here. And this is basically what happened is I'm watching this commanders game. And every time the commanders start to get pressure, it was very easy to see that Lawrence was just getting flustered and he's making some really, really bad throws. So I put a super cut together of most of the times that the commanders were able to get pressure and the throws that Trevor Lawrence made. So I'll pull that up right here. Here's the first clip. You're going to see a lot of pressure up the middle. Uh, we'll talk about this offensive line, uh, these Jaguars offensive line in a little bit, but man, when he gets pressure on it, just watch some of these throws here. 94 hits him. Almost the interception there. It's a, <laughs> almost in the tummy. Doesn't get pressure there. We got an errant throw behind a wide receiver. We got pressure up the middle again. You're going to see it's coming off that left side in the middle a lot. This is a deep one. He couldn't hit anybody. I think this next one's going to be a completion, if I'm not mistaken. Nope. Threw it behind his wide receiver. <laughs> Maybe this is the completion. This is, this is all pressure. There it is. So he's able to kind of plant his feet and get that throw off, but the rest of these – he was not able to do. And the rest of these are incompletions. Pa pocket closing, easy sack there. And that's four different commanders on him. And then here comes some more pressure. Oh, takes a big hit, throws it out of bounds. And just throwing it as far as he can. Yeah, yep, yep just throwing it away. This is the – here, here comes the interception. Rolling, chasing. Look at this. Give me – pop fly interception Oops. on the sideline. That's that's the kind of Trevor Lawrence that we'll see if you get pressure on him. He's going to try to roll out. He's going to 
not have his feet planted. He had one good throw in that uh, supercut eclipse there where he was able to plant his feet and make a throw. Everything else is just erratic. He's got happy feet. Uh, you could see that clock, just as we'll roll it again, the clock gets rushed the entire time, especially when it's pressure up the middle. And when you hit him, man, he's not afraid to take a hit and let that ball go, but he's making some bad throws here, some of which probably could have been intercepted. But for the most part, man, it's been a real bad bad showing here down the sideline this is the one that's behind the wide receiver and then the one where he's able to plant his feet and hit him boom good throw took a hit and nice throw that was an easy throw too it's a it oh yeah a little drag route right in front of him he didn't really right in front anything to get it off yeah and i think couple takeaways from this and I, I noticed this watching the game too the fir first of all there are a lot of reps being lost up front by the left guard in the center like mm -hmm. there that offensive line in my opinion is pretty good when it comes to run blocking they spend a lot of time on the ground in, in pass protection there's yeah I'm, right there. I'm, i know i was gonna i was gonna say luke fortner is can is having a day oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he got sumo tackled on that one yeah so that's uh that's kind of just a uh, quick glimpse of the things you'll see if the Chargers can get pressure up the middle, which uh, I hope they do, and I think they will. And I think it's probably going to be, in my mind, a big day from a guy like Sebastian Joseph Day, who's done a lot of the dirty work, but I think today, uh, this next game, he's going to start showing up on that stat sheet. He's going to get a lot of pressure on Sunday. Yeah, I think both he and Morgan Fox are in line for mm. a big day because mm. <clears throat> um, I, I just feel like that offensive line is not very good. The tackles aren't particularly good either, but I think inside you've got Brandon Scherf playing pretty well. And, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, uh, bot, I'm forgetting his, his name. Batch, ben Batch. Batch. Ben Batch. Ben Batch. Mm -hmm. Ben Barch. Mm -hmm. And Luke Fortner are really struggling in pass protection. They're having trouble communicating. They're having trouble passing off stunts. Everything is a problem for them. Uh, Fortner is getting beat one-on-one -on -one <laughs> repeatedly. I mean, mm -hmm. he got owned oh you just saw game. he got sandwiched yeah yeah over and over and over <laughs> again swim moves bull rushes speed rushes didn't matter pain ate his lunch all day long in mm. week one and there was some of that there was not as much of that because the colts outside of um uh, buckner don't really have that kind of a dynamic interior mm -hmm. presence so there wasn't as much of that against the colts last week but you still saw Stewart for the Colts have some have some opportunities to rush the passer uh, on the interior. There were some blitzes that worked there. So I think there are going to be some opportunities for the Chargers interior players to not just do the dirty work and not just stop the run, but get after and hit the quarterback a lot. Because if you can get to him early, even show like give the the impression of mm -hmm. interior pressure with yeah. blitzes, you know, give the illusion of it. He's going to pull the ball down. He's going to pat the ball. He's going to hold the ball. And it's going to give them an opportunity to get to the quarterback and probably make some plays on some bad throws. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, what we saw from Trevor Lawrence, uh, a guy that could easily be baited into some turnovers on Sunday and a guy that will not shy away from the hit, but will definitely make some errant throws on Sunday. And the Chargers, hopefully, will make it count. So, then moving on just to uh, the running back group, it's kind of a two-headed monster with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Uh, Robinson kind of getting the bulk of the carries, even though, in my opinion, the, the less dynamic running back. But uh, they're giving uh, James Robinson the most snaps right now as a rusher. But they're scripting at least four to five 
plays for ETN to get him in space and some passing down, some screens, uh, just to get the ball in his hands in space. And uh, Robinson comes into the game having a rushing touchdown in his first two games. But as a total, he ran for 64 and 66, I believe, on both games. So not a guy who's going to crush you and get 100 yards on the ground, but a guy they're definitely going to be hitting on when they get to the red zone. They're going to be definitely handing it off to Robinson to try to punch it in when they get there. Yeah, I think uh, running the ball downhill has strengthened this offensive line. They seem to be at their best when they're putting a hat on a hat coming downhill Mm -hmm. and creating running lanes uh, for Robinson and for ETN. Uh, ETN, I think, is playing pretty well. I agree with you. The much more dynamic running back, in my opinion, but not getting the snaps, kind of being used as more of a change of pace back. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that continues this week because there are many more problems to deal with with ATN if he's the every down back and he's catching screens consistently and they're getting him out in the flats and and you have to get that guy on the ground, you have consistently, you have many more problems. Uh, Absolutely. So ATN is a guy who when they get in the red zone, they like to throw wheel routes to him. They like to create angle routes, match him up with linebackers, throw go routes out of the backfield. They find all kinds of creative ways to get him one-on-one with bad matchups and try to force those matchups in the red zone. Did you see the occasional screen? Um, they try to get him outside usually when they run the ball with him. He doesn't run the ball inside as much. It's usually uh, you know, outside zone, toss plays, things like that. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, you know, the Chargers have been having some issues, particularly against Mahomes last week, where they were not terribly disciplined with the pass rush. Mm-hmm. They were getting too far upfield and creating exit lanes for, for Mahomes from the pocket. The Jags do run a lot of RPO. Mm-hmm. Yep. and Trevor Lawrence can hurt you on the RPO if you give him an opportunity to keep the ball. So I think discipline and communication and good tackling are going to be really important this week for the Chargers defense, whether it's ATN, especially if it's Kirk catching the ball in space, and if they run some RPOs with Lawrence. They're going to have to get those guys on the ground, and they're going to have to be really disciplined and tackle as a team and communicate as a team to make sure everybody's carrying out their responsibilities. Yeah, so let's. Uh, you mentioned him. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about Christian Kirk because he's kind of the spark to this offense right now. Uh, Peterson doing a really, really good job of motioning him around, uh, lining him up in different formations, even putting him in the backfield as a running back, uh, trying to get him different looks and trying to get him in space. I I know you got some clips here if you want to uh, go ahead and hit one of those and and let's talk about Christian Kirk because this is their big weapon here in Jacksonville. Yeah, so they they got the the Jags got dragged, we'll say, for signing that big that big deal uh, mm-hmm. with Kirk in the offseason. People thought he was not worth it. They clearly had a plan for him. Yep. Uh, what I think what uh, Doug Peterson is really doing at this point, you mentioned it. He's moving Kirk around. He's motioning him across the formation. He's creating bad matchups for him. When they get those bad matchups, they generally hit on them, and they're creating space for him. Not so much before the catch, but to run with the ball after the catch. And Kirk is averaging, I believe it's seven yards of yak per reception right now because he's had some really big run and catch opportunities in the first two games for mm-hmm. huge chunks of yardage to set up scores. So we're going to take a, cu- a few clips here of Kirk to see how they're using him. So this first one, let me just go full screen here. Okay, uh, let's rewind that. It's all right. We're it's your first clip. I, if you want me to help out, let me know. 
Yeah, go ahead. Can you just okay. start yep. it from the beginning? Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. So, Kirk starts out wide left. They number 13. Him, number 13. They mm-hmm. motion him into the backfield. He winds up right here to Lawrence's left. You can see number 23 follows him, but they are creating space here for Kirk to make the catch. And then we're just going to play it here, and he they're going to snap the ball, and he's going to run a little angle route to the middle of the field. And he has five yards of separation between him and the secondary defender, the safety on the goal line, and room to run after the catch and get the ball into the end zone. So let's rewind that a little bit. We'll take another look at it. Okay. So he, here he is coming into the backfield. Ball snapped. And now watch. Watch how they create the space. Ingram was slot left. He comes on a drag across the field. You've got Zay Jones running a corner route. So this is Kirk one-on-one in space for the corner. The next, the next closest defender is about three yards deep in the end zone back here. So they are creating space, about seven yards of space, for catch and run for Kirk, and he just ducks in between the defenders and scores a touchdown. So that's one example of how they're using Kirk. They're playing him in the slot, he's playing outside, and then you wind up seeing him motion into the backfield. And we saw this a couple times. I think he did it at least once in each of the first two games mm-hmm. where he's motioning into the backfield and they're throwing angle routes and go routes to him out of the backfield. So that's the first example. Now we'll go to another example. Okay. This is a five wide receiver set. Actually, it's four wide receivers and one tight end. So they're in 11 personnel. Just going to back this up a little bit. Kirk is down here in the slot. They've spread the defense out. Kirk is matched up with a linebacker who's giving him about a seven-yard cushion here off the ball. And they, what they wind up doing here is they basically run four go routes to clear out space, and they wind up opening this entire side of the field up for Kirk. So he has an opportunity to catch and run away from the linebacker and get a big chunk of yardage. So watch this. He runs a great route here too. He winds up running a stick route or a jerk route, and now he's wide open. There's five yards separation between him and the defender, and he winds up getting about 15 or 20 yards of additional yardage after the catch because of the way they cleared out space for him after the catch. Because of those go routes. Because of those go routes. The go routes wind up clearing that side of the field. He winds up catching the ball, and he's got nothing but clear space. You know, what Washington did is when they would hug – uh, Christian Kirk on that line of scrimmage like they did at the beginning of this play. They'd rotate their slot corner over. Uh, Colts decided not to do that. Even with Shaquille or Darius Leonard out, they decided to go one-on-one with a linebacker. I think it's EJ Speed, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, they just let Speed go against uh, Kirk, and Kirk just kind of toyed with him. It was like a big cat and mouse game. Turn like yeah. he's going to take a little easy catch and then hit him over the middle of the field, and it was lots of yards in front of him. And then here's another one. This is one of my favorite ones. This is another creative one. So I'm going to pause this and back it up a little bit. 
Yeah. And this is that design rollout we were talking about a little bit. When you design Trevor Lawrence to get out in space, good things can happen. So Lawrence is good when he's throwing out of the pocket on schedule. Like Garrett mm-hmm. said, when he's able to roll out on schedule and you're creating opportunities for him to throw to open receivers in space, he's really good. When he has to ad-lib and climb Like the we pocket, saw in those clips earlier. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. It becomes a different story. Yep. He's not as comfortable doing it. So here's what we have. We have 12 personnel here. There's two tight ends, one on each end of the line. You have a stack formation here with Kirk and uh, Jones Jr., uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones, uh-huh. Yep. So they're going to roll. They're going to go play action here. And they actually said, I wanted to pull some other clips, but it was too many clips. They're, what they're going to do here is they've been setting this up with several runs. And this is actually a fourth down play. So they've set this up with several runs inside the 10-yard line out of similar formations and 12 personnel. They've, they've been bringing Kirk across the formation, either left to right or right to left, as it means we're seeing how the Colts are tracking him and how they're accounting for him once the ball is snapped. And what you, what you see in the other clips is they're not really accounting for him. They're just like kind of letting him drift out into space. So on this play, they snap the ball and go play action, and he comes across the formation, and look at all this space over here. The whole defense is biting on the play action here to Robinson. Mm-hmm. Kirk comes across the formation with a little drag, dips out into the flat, and it's just a little easy pitch and catch for a touchdown. Yep. And you see this repeatedly. He is constantly coming in motion, and they're setting up jet sweep for him. They've set up orbit motion for him. He come, There's all kinds of formation for him, and they haven't really done much with it outside of this one play. So you can bet that they're building on that because you can see they're layering play calls and they're throwing similar or even the same formation four or five times in a row to test how disciplined you are and how you're accounting for players. And if you're not accounting for them, guess what? Those players are going out in routes and they're going to be making plays. Yep. Yep. Oh, you got went back to my. Oh, this is yours. So here we go. Do you have another one? I, I think I that's it. One. Is that it? You got a defensive one, I think, coming up. Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay. So um, outside of that, uh, in terms of receivers, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, um, haven't really been factors so far in the passing game, the first two games. Uh, They got Evan Ingram, who has kind of been uh, Lawrence's kind of check down weapon. So, you know, it all runs through Christian Kirk, as you saw. And what Jamie uh, mentioned is something I was going to mention, too, is even though they kind of burned Peterson and the Jags this offseason with Kirk, there was an obvious plan for what they wanted to do with him. And he is flourishing in this new role. It all runs through him right now offensively. Christian Kirk, uh, Trevor Lawrence, they try to run the ball, but they're not as successful as they want to be. But they're just setting up all these extra motion plays for Christian Kirk. They're trying to get him in space. And he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And then they'll kind of look for Evan Ingram when they need a important catch, like on third downs, a kind of a, a check down weapon right now. But outside of that, it all runs through Christian Kirk. And uh, the running game's been pretty effective, that so they've been able to do that. But it's it's all Christian Kirk and then just a bunch of other guys. Evan Ingram, um, semi-impressive, uh, pretty good, but not like a, a reliable weapon quite yet. Marvin Jones Jr. is averaging, I think, 15 or 16 yards a catch, but he's only made a handful of catches. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using him as their jump ball, contested catch guy on third down. Um, if if Lawrence rolls out and he has an opportunity to make a play down the field instead of dumping it off, he's usually looking 
to Marvin Jones or to Kirk. Most of the plays are obviously drawn up for Kirk. Yeah. Um, but they are they are finding jump ball opportunities for Marvin Jones. He's, been, he's made a few physical catches in the first two games um, that have helped the offense move the ball on key downs. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of touched on the offensive line. I think Brandon Scherf's been playing really well. And quite honestly, through the two games, I've been kind of impressed with Juwan Taylor, who I think has kind of stepped up with some real talent next to him. Um, I'd like to see the Chargers kind of overload that side and get Juwan Taylor on an island and kind of test him because I'm not sure if he's good or the sample size is just too small because he's just been a subpar right tackle his entire career. And, uh, you know, with Mac and Bosa, I think it's really going to test him on Sunday. And uh, I'd like to kind of see how he does. But other than that, everybody else is a mess. I think between Barch and Fortner and uh, left tackles escaping me, but from center to left, they have a real problems. And whoever's lining up against them on the left side uh, is going to have a lot of action on Sunday because that, that three, uh, I would say three and a half guys are good on that line or bad on that line. There's one and Juwan Taylor is still to be determined. But other than Scherf, this line is a mess. Yeah. The line is not very good, particularly in pass protection. I think, there are going to be a lot of opportunities to put their center, Luke Fortner, and their left guard, Ben Barch, uh, in a lot of conflict and really challenge them in the A gaps and the B gaps, see how they communicate, see how they, how they pass off stunts and twists, see how they handle blitzes. Uh, there are lots of opportunities. There should be lots of opportunities to get after Trevor Lawrence through those A and B gaps uh, with some creative blitzes and some um, you know, design pressure. Uh, mm-hmm with combination rushes and stunts and blitzes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Chad is full of the George Pickens catch, which we're obviously doing this show. So we didn't get, see it. And I'm, I'm glad it's so cool, but Jamie and I don't know. Focus what it guys. Is. Focus. F- let's on. go here. We're here. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to school you all. Uh, all right, let's, let's move on to defense. So, um, Jacksonville started off that game, uh, in Washington with a lot of cover three, uh, they kind of bailed out on it about a drive and a half into that game. And then it was a lot of cover two and they played real uh, cover two heavy against Matt Ryan, who tested them a few times downfield. He got picked off by Rayshon Jenkins on the first drive, trying to force it, but they knew they couldn't get anything deep. So they wanted to try to get Ryan trying to bait Matt Ryan. They got him once. I think two or three could have been intercepted, but uh, they, they've gone uh, cover too heavy throughout this uh, season so far. And really, Jamie, we, we were talking about it before that, but, man, there is a ton of speed and action in that front seven for Jacksonville. Yeah, I think the bulk of their talent and the bulk of their playmakers are in the front seven. Uh, you look at some of their edge rushers, you know, you talk about Allen, you talk about Trayvon Walker, uh, you talk about Arden Key. Um, they have a ton of guys who can get after the quarterback mm-hmm. on the edge. And they've got three guys in particular who are playing really well in the middle of the, in the middle of that defense in terms of Fadukasi. Mm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You've got um, Devon Hamilton playing extremely well, and even Roy Robertson Harris is playing pretty well in the middle. Those three guys are really making it tough to run on the Jags, and they're creating opportunities for um, their linebackers to make plays. Mm-hmm. And I think there are going to be opportunities to, to attack the secondary. Assuming you can protect Herbert, mm-hmm. even though they've been playing a lot of cover two, and I would expect to see some cover two and some cover six from uh, from them against Herbert, I think these are safeties that Herbert's going to feel comfortable attacking 
between the safeties, you know, between the hashes, and also along the perimeter and kind of dropping the ball in the bucket between the safety and the sideline. Something he hasn't done a lot of so far in the first couple of weeks. Um, but I think we could see more of that because I think this is a secondary that even though they've made some plays the first couple of weeks, they're out of position quite a bit. And I think there's going to be some opportunities to make plays. Okay. Sorry. So there's a couple questions. Um, we'll get to the defense. Well, let's just keep moving and we'll, we'll get to those questions in a sec. So, yeah, follow, uh, Foley Fotokasi, who was our guy during the Free Agent Podcast, just a little uh, shout-out there, um, has really been the catalyst to stopping the run. I mean, against uh, the Colts, he was just like a human shield for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he also tipped a pass that went right to Devin Lloyd last week for an interception. Uh, he's been really, really good. I agree with you. Um, Roy Roberts, uh, Robertson-Harris has been good. Um, Hamilton's been good. And I thought um, Adam Gotsis uh, played a pretty good mm-hmm. game last week, uh, was really an interior pass rusher that was getting in Matt Ryan's space. So they've got some guys that they kind of rotate there in the interior and on the edge. They've got Josh Allen and, of course, the uh, newly drafted Trevon Walker. Uh, Allen was wrecking shop against Matt Pryor, the Colts left tackle. Um, they find, they've been finding a lot of creative ways to get uh, Josh Allen free. They'll blitz him <coughs> up the middle. Uh, they'll get some one-on-one matchups for him. And they will line him up all over the place like they do Christian Kirk on offense. Um, Trevon Walker's added some speed. But what really they have done, and it showed last week, is it kind of feels like an onslaught on the uh, defensive front because they rotate so many guys. There's so many fresh legs all the time that when guys like uh, Chase on and Arden key are getting uh, starting to get to the quarterback, it just feels like it's so much like you just subbed Allen and, and Walker out. Now you've got some other speed off the edge. They're still getting to the quarterback. So it just feels like they're always throwing these guys up front to be disruptive and to get some more speed and some fresh legs in there. They rotate them a lot. So I would not be surprised if the chargers go a lot of uh, hurry up to try to keep those guys on the field a little bit longer than they'd like to. And, um, and this, uh, it's, this was a very impressive uh, defensive line group. I really like what they did uh, against the Colts. Uh, looked pretty good against the Commanders, too. Yeah, I think with this group, you really have to test. I, I think the, the hurry-up is a good idea. I think you, you need to keep those guys on the field, make it difficult for them to rotate and keep them fresh. I think you also really need to test their discipline and kind of use their speed against them. I think mm. um, a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection would be really helpful. Uh, some naked bootlegs, things like that, getting Herbert out in space and giving him the option to run or pass. I think those kinds of things can really help make see test their eye discipline, see how disciplined they are in what they're doing. Usually guys who are really fast will fly to the football. They'll, they'll over-pursue the motion of the offensive line. You can kind of catch them out of position and create big plays that way. I think that's a good way to get them. And in the secondary – I think their guys are, they're all, they're all ball, not ball hawks. They're all hunting the football and they're all trying to make plays on the football and they are super aggressive on underneath routes. I think there are opportunities for double moves if we're getting, if if they're getting good protection for Justin Herbert. And I think you can get uh, Cisco and Rayshon Jenkins to jump things in the middle of the field to come down and throw over the top of them, even if they're in cover two. So I think there are going to be opportunities to make some of those plays down the field that the, the Chargers fans have been clamoring for. I just think they ran into some tough matchups in the secondary the first two weeks. I don't think it's as tough as a matchup this time. Even though they have made some plays the first couple of weeks, I just feel like you can pull these guys out of position and you can make plays over the top. 
I'm I'm smiling because uh, you followed me for uh, a, a clip I have here about uh, their <laughs> discipline. But yeah, I mean, uh, back end between Andre Cisco and Rayshon Jenkins is as bad as it sounds. Jenkins had four pass deflections and interception, but and while that looks good on stat sheet and sounds good, uh, there was a lot of there was the interception was a lollipop. It was basically thrown right into his tummy. Thank you, and then. Uh, <laughs> It had air right under it. It was just like a pop fly. And then the pass deflections were a lot of late throws by Ryan because of being swarmed by that those Jags players up front. So he was kind of a beneficiary of how good that pass rush was. But um, I was going to talk about when we got to DBs, we haven't talked about linebackers or any of that yet. But let's just let's let's get to it because this is this is what Jamie's talking about. If you give him, uh, if you give the um, uh, the Jaguars, excuse me, no, the the Jaguars any for the DBs any type of uh, semblance of anything other than just straight up, they are always biting on everything. This is the Commanders are going four verts. It's going to be off jet motion here, and you're going to see the Jags DBs are in hell. So there's a jet motion here with Curtis Samuel, and they're trying to pass him off, and as soon as this ball goes. There's four guys open at the bottom of your screen, which you can't really see because the taskbar is uh, kind of blocking it right now. But on the top of the sideline, that man's open in the middle of the field. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins is trailing that guy. You've got Logan Thomas, who's uh, there right near the 40-yard line, who's going to be open here. And then Jahan Dotson is going to be wide open here, as you can oh, see. Man wide open uh, on the sideline at the top. They're wide open. And this is Rayshon Jenkins because the corner here is trying to pass off uh, the wide receiver to Rayshon Jenkins who bit on the inside here. Here's Jenkins number two biting on the middle of the field. If, if uh, Carson Wentz looks down the sideline here, he's got Jahan Dotson for probably six, but he, he even overthrows Logan Thomas who's wide open behind him. Didn't work. But there, you gave them you gave them a four verts look. They're all gonna run. This jet motion gets them confused, and all of a sudden you've got three, four guys. It's pick your who do you want to throw it to here? Because there's four guys open. I know he just threw the ball, but throw it wherever you want. But that jet motion right away sets this Jaguars in a little tizzy here. My you God, got a, sucks. No, I know he sucks. But up here, <laughs> <laughs> um. Up here, it's an interesting look. You've got uh, quads up here at the top of your screen. There's four uh, four wide receivers here for the commanders. And all these defenders at the top got locked up. Nobody knows where to go. And watch as we play this through. Nobody knows what's going on. They've passed off the inside defender to a linebacker. There's two now two wide receivers for the commanders that are going to be open. One of the linebackers bites on it. Uh, if... Wentz wanted to go deep. That wide receiver linking out deep was open. This the safety here, Cisco, is, is turned around. He he doesn't know what's going on. There's four verts. He's turned around, backs to the ball. Could have easily hit him. I think that's Dotson again uh, down the sideline. But he decides to just take the easy dump off pass here. But you you see an easy thing like a quad bunch here for the Commanders and Jaguars don't know what's going on. That it's easy pitch and catch for a first down there. And then the next one here, Curtis Samuel's going to motion. And we talked about motion earlier. It's the same thing, man. You motion in, and then he's going to motion back out. And they tried to pass off because early on, uh, he is covered up by, I don't know who the defender is, but he gets passed off. Easy 
McLaurin gives a Rashawn natural Lynch. pick there. Is that two? I don't think so. That's no. twenty something. Um, anyway, when they motion, they they try to swap out guys, uh, switch there, but then there's a natural pick by McLaurin running in, and they you know he's easy six. So anything like that where you're showing a little bit something extra, a little bit more window dressing, and those Jags DBs are an absolute hell. They don't know what they're doing. There is no discipline there. And for the Chargers, give it a little extra spice this weekend. I don't mean like do that double pass flea flicker you're trying last weekend, but just make it look a little bit different yeah, than they're used to. Yeah, burn that shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> burn that play. But other than that... Make it look cute, and then uh, these Jag DBs are going to have issues with it. Tell me and make it look cute. This is quite the show. <laughs> <on here. laughs> so what do you do when your secondary is confused and sucks? You have to help them out by getting to the quarterback, right, and generating yep. a lot of pressure. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the Jaguars are eighth in the league in pressure in uh, blitz rate. They're blitzing just under 32% of the time on passing mm-hmm. downs. Mm-hmm. They are also top – Five, I think, in terms of pressure rate, quarterback hits, and pressures. So they're getting to the quarterback a lot. Mm-hmm. They are not getting to the quarterback with their edge guys as much as you would think. We, you know, we rattled off Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker, mm-hmm. Chase on Arden Key, yep. all guys that we know from previous drafts, all guys who you would think are getting to the quarterback, right? Not so mm-hmm. much. They're blitzing a lot. They're blitzing Rayshon Jenkins quite a bit. They're blitzing Devin Lloyd quite a bit. Yep. They're blitzing the other linebacker, Oluwanku. Uh, Aluakon, yep. Aluakon. Um, they're blitzing these guys quite a bit. So I'm going to show you, and what they're doing is they're they're primarily using a zone blitzing scheme. So I pulled a clip to show you, give you guys a look at their zone blitz scheme. So here's what we have. We have... Um, the Colts here are in 11 personnel. You've got uh, Taylor in the backfield and their tight end, Mo Cox, I think, is right here. Yep. Um, and what you see here is you've got four defenders, one, two, three, four, all on the left side of the line. And there's three lined up over two offensive linemen on the right side of the line. So we're showing seven people potentially blitzing. What they're going to do is they're going to send Lloyd and they're going to send Rayshon, number two here, through the A and B gaps. Uh, Oluwakon, and I think 45 is Chase on, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to drop off into short zones and play the zone blitz and play the zone zone coverage. So here we go. We're going to show it here. You see Lloyd and Rayshon coming through the B gap and the A gap, and you get an erratic throw because Matt Ryan is terrible and terrified. Yep. So we'll just show that one more time. So we snap the ball, and here come Lloyd and Jenkins back-to-back. Jenkins, I think, actually tips this ball. He does. That's one of his pass deflections. Yep. And they wind up with an incomplete pass. And you see a lot of this, a lot of linebacker blitzes. Not so much corner blitzes, but a lot of linebacker and safety blitzes where they're overloading one side of the line and sending two guys through through the same gap to try to uh, put, put guys in conflict. So mm-hmm. that is – that's a good look at 
the Jaguars zone blitzing scheme. They're going to come a lot pretty often, almost on every third down. It seems like they're coming. Uh, and they're, they're looking to affect the quarterback with the blitz to help out, to speed up, speed things up for the quarterback, uh, keep the quarterback from holding the ball and protect their back end, which is not very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back end's not good. Front seven, uh, real fast. Some athletes, Devin Lloyd, Aluakon, even uh, Chad Muma, uh, they drafted. So there's there's some speed there and some coverability. But, man, those DBs are uh, not very good. And they just picked up Darius Williams, I believe, as their slot corner. It was Darius Williams uh, as a slot corner, and he's not even playing that good. Uh, Shaquille Griffin has kind of been uh, okay this season so far. And um, Tyson Campbell kind of in the middle as well. And then those two guys in the back end are just bad. So uh, it's an easy day if you can get some one-on-one matchups with those DBs. Um, I would probably say Gerald Everett might not have a great day just because they've got a lot of flexibility with those linebackers to kind of cover him up. But these wide receivers will have some easy one-on-one matchups if they can get them. And um, outside of that, um, I just wanted to mention that uh, while watching these games, that – kick returner they've got jamal agnew uh has got some juice if you give him any room he could he could probably break one but also a guy that's trying to get every yard he can and a guy who will run the opposite direction to try to run around a block and will lose some yards too so uh, they do have a returner that could uh definitely break one if they're not disciplined uh, on special teams but uh they've been pretty good for two games the chargers have so um just uh agnew was a guy definitely that they are going to have to account for on special teams and they're scheming up offensive plays for him, two or yeah. three offensive plays every week, either mm-hmm. uh, a swing pass to get him out in space or a deep shot like they had. I think, it, was it against the Colts last week that he had that deep shot? Yep. That yep. they overthrew him? Yep. So they are trying to get him the ball, usually out of the slot or out of the backfield. Uh, so that's something to watch for, too. Okay, let's get to these questions. Athir, thank you for being patient. Uh, Jamie. Do you think this week, uh, this is the week where Staley unleashes his defense and brings pressure from everywhere? Your thoughts, please. Yes, I think it is. <laughs> Assuming J.C. Jackson plays, I think they're going to come hard after Trevor Lawrence. I think this offensive line is a really good matchup for being extremely aggressive with the blitz and the stunts and twists and things like that. And I think moving guys around and having Bosa and Matt come from different spots on the field um, – having uh, SJD come from different spots on the field, maybe even sending a couple blitzes with Murray or Tranquil, things like that, uh, KVN. I think there's going to be lots of opportunities to come after Lawrence. And I think mm-hmm. if you can get after him early and even just give the impression of pressure, yep. give the illusion of a, of a blitz up the middle, get seven or eight guys on the line of scrimmage and drop a couple of them out after the snap, mm-hmm. you're going to speed up his clock and you're going to force some mistakes. Yep. If Lawrence can stay on script, he's going to do pretty good on Sunday. You get him just a little bit off script, speed up that clock just a tick faster, and he's going to make make mistakes. So, yeah, it's going to be important to get pressure on uh, Lawrence, and I do think that Staley's going to definitely be dialing that up because we're not the only ones seeing that. Uh, he also asks, um, with the Herbert injury, how important is it for the Chargers to get the running game going? Um, I mean, it's huge. It's going to be huge going forward. We... Um, we know that the, uh, Herbert's, uh, barring any setbacks, is going to play on Sunday. That's coming from Jamie and I, Lightning Round Podcast. Um, and they're going to manage his pain for the rest of the year, uh, whether that's wearing a flak jacket, or that, whether that's going to be shots, whatever he needs to protect his ribs, uh, they're going to give him every game. They, the um, 
the injury is not going to heal itself in a week or two. It's going to take months. So there is no, it's either let him do it this way and manage the pain or shut him down for six months, eight months, and hope that he can make a playoff run or something. That ain't happening. So the Chargers are going to have to manage the pain from here on out. And that means you're going to have to limit those hits to Herbert and hopefully those ribs. So it's going to be vital that the Chargers get the running game going and they get the quick passing game going so that Herbert doesn't have to take any unnecessary shots. And, I mean, protecting Herbert is number one, and that always has been. But to help that, the running game is going to be very, very important, and so is getting that ball out of his hand quickly. Yeah, and in case you guys missed that because Garrett kind of rushed through it a little bit, he kind of glossed over it, we have confirmed through the team. (laughs) Oh, did I did I gloss over? It, okay, it, it didn't. It, yes, I thought you did a little bit. But yep, hammer it home. We have confirmed through Garrett Source with the team that Justin Herbert will play, barring any setbacks during the week. So yep. you heard that here first. You don't have to wait till Sunday to find out. As long as Herbert doesn't take any stupid hits during practice or he doesn't have any setbacks, he is going to play. There is no talk of Chase Daniel playing this week. This week, and that was so like can, two days ago. That was from Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So you guys can all take a deep breath and you know before everybody else. <laughs> so don't worry about all those people on Twitter that are talking about we can win with Chase Daniel. Yeah. An issue. Yeah, because that that thinking is uh I don't want to say dumb. Uh, it's wrong. It's not yes, it's not right. Uh <laughs> not not only because of what we know um from our source, but also because this isn't an injury that the Chargers can just get Uh, let him sit a week and then heal up for that's not how this works he even had a long week this week so if that were the case then he would have been fine going into sunday but from here on out they got to manage the pain there's nothing else they can do uh it's going to take months to heal and that's an off season that's not during the season so the chargers are just going to have to help him out uh, get him some shots uh, pat him up a little bit more and Herbert's just going to have to fight through it for the rest of the year and that's just kind of how it is for this 2022 season for the chargers Yep. All right. So, um, uh, yeah. So like Peyton, who's asking, uh, let's say if Herbert doesn't play, are we worried about losing and having no hope with Chase Daniels? Uh, Chase Daniel yes. will play unless well, we, of course, yes, but Chase Daniel <laughs> but won't. No. Uh, uh-uh. uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, do we think, uh, this is a better word. Wrongheaded. I like that better. Uh, then stupid. Uh, do we think JC Jackson's playing, Jamie? I guess because we don't have sources on this. But we don't have we don't have any confirmation on this. Nope. I would mm-hmm. say probably yes. I would say so too. I think they're resting that uh, little wound up a little bit, and uh, he'll be out on Sunday. I don't think bigger question is Lindsley at this point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, looks like Pipkins is probably going to play. Uh, Herbert will play. It's Lindsley that we're kind of more worried about. Uh, Keenan probably playing. Uh, it's Lindsley who's the big question mark. And man, if Will Clapp's got to play, um, while well, he did okay, it's uh, not great because this is a very, very good interior uh, defensive line for the Jaguars. All right, uh, Parham. I who knows? Parham's injury has been a mystery from the beginning. Since training camp, this thing has just lingered. He's been day to day for like two months almost two years really i mean the guy just like he's always on the injury report even before the scary concussion thing it's just like he's always been down but yeah who knows it's still day to day since since uh since camp all right so let's get into predictions jamie um 
I'll, I'll start and then you can think about uh, where you want to go from here. Um, I think the Jags are much better on paper than people are really giving them credit for. I think there's been a decade of bad Jaguars teams and everybody's kind of pinning this is the same old Jaguars. I think there is a real good competition that's going to happen on Sunday. I think they are very good on paper. I think they've got some real speed uh, in their front seven. Josh Allen, Trevon Walker can really get after it. I think Christian Kirk, they have a clear plan for him. He's an added element that gives him a little spark on offense. But I will say, I do think the Chargers defense will just be too much for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this is probably going to come down to how Justin Herbert's ribs feel. But quite honestly, I would take a half a herb uh, in this matchup over the Jaguars. And I think the Jaguars fold on the road. Trevor Lawrence still does not get his win on the road. And the Chargers win 24-13. That's a good prediction. Um, I also think they're going to win. I think it's probably going to be close for a little while and the Chargers pull away late um, just because I think they're going to be feeling things out with Herbert and trying to figure out the zone blitz and it might take them a while to get settled in. Uh, I'm going to say Chargers win 31-17. Ooh, Chargers putting up some points on Sunday. I like it. Oh, this is good. Uh, Parham is day to 60 days. Uh, Craig says Parham day to month instead of day to year. And I'm going to say, I think the pressure is going to come from the interior this week. I have a feeling Sebastian Joseph day is going to have a breakout game. I think yeah. you can see him make several run stops and I think he could show up on the pass rush. I'm going to say at least one sack for him. Mm-hmm. and several pressures, maybe a couple quarterback hits. Yes, yes. I think SJD, like we said earlier, but you, I want to add what you said earlier, Morgan Fox too. I think Morgan Fox is going to have a day as well. But I, I say Sebastian Joseph Day is the bright spot from this game on defense. He's going to be very good. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that does it. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday night. Uh, Jamie and I are going to go check out that George Pick, uh, Pipkins, Pickens catch. Pipkins. Jeez, he's on my mind. George Pickens catch. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.